MacBook Pro worth every penny. All right, here we go. See, hopefully this isn't a disaster. Hey everybody, welcome to Signals from the Frontline. This time brought to you from the Miniatures Galley here at Frontline Gaming. Um, can't blame Leo, he does a great job. I forgot the streaming laptop in my house. I am literally incapable of doing anything that takes me out of my uh, Monday or on my morning routine. It's, it never ever works. I'm a creature of habit. So we're doing a little bit of a different stream today. I hope you all don't mind. It's going to be very intimate. We're going to feel like we are domestic partners after this one, hopefully. Maybe not. But uh, at the very least, we can uh, talk about what happened in the last week in Warhammer and, of course, give you the update on the LVO registration, which is coming up. And can't wait for that. So thank you for joining me. show, as always, brought to you by FrontlineGaming.org, where you can get your tabletop gaming goodies at a discount all the days of the week. Also, had to say it, Rip, my main man, Kentaro Mura, so sad, so, like, genuinely so sad when I found out that he died, only 54 years old, it's not, you know, young, but certainly not old, and he was just getting into finishing Berserk, which is mine and, you know, millions of other people around the world, favorite manga, um, and the fact that, obviously, the tragedy is that he died relatively young, and then that we're not going to get the end of the story is really sad. Apparently he had a, um, an assistant that he left with notes. So maybe that individual is up to trying to finish it. But, um, oof, I was, that was like worse than the ending to Game of Thrones. Like I was so sad because <laughs> been patiently waiting. He took like a 10 years off berserk and, um, and he was just getting back into finishing it. And uh, it's just, it's really, it's really sad that he didn't get to finish his magnum opus. But, you know, these things happen. If you start out on an epic fantasy series, do some push-ups, some sit-ups, go to the doctor, get checked up on, eat a healthy diet. George R. R. Martin, I'm talking to you. Don't kick the bucket before you finish the story. It happens all the time. Frank Herbert didn't finish Dune. Uh, Robert Jordan didn't finish the Wheel of Time. Just take care of yourselves, you, you brilliant geniuses. Stop, uh, stop eating the donuts and sleeping in. Go hit the gym, take care of yourself, finish the story that you all brought us on so that we can enjoy it too. But um, jokes aside, I, I ripped to him, to Kintaro, and I hope that, that his family's getting through what I'm sure is a difficult time. All right, let's talk about not my obsession with Berserk. Let's talk about the Las Vegas Open 2022. This is obviously going to be a big event, biggest event since the Las Vegas Open 2020, which was the last really big event before the plague set in. So I want to make sure that we, it's going to be, it's going to be complicated this year because of all the weird things that have happened. So I wanted to do my utmost to get the information out there to everybody so everyone understood what, what was going on. Um, it's not going to be a normal registration this year. So, um, obviously, the Las Vegas Open 2021 was canceled due to COVID, which sucked. But a lot of people were kind enough to donate their ticket or to apply their LVO 2021 ticket to the LVO 2022. 
that was great. At the time, we really needed to keep the money in the bank um, as it was just a turbulent, weird year. And we were really thankful for that. But now we're in a situation where um, a lot of the tickets for the LVO 2022 are already gone. They're already accounted for. So if you filled out the form last year, the deadline for which was, I think it was at the end of December, um, to let us know that you wanted to apply your LVO 2021 ticket to the LVO 2022, we sent out a questionnaire asking you how you wanted us to handle that. Did you want to just keep those tickets for the exact same events for the LVO 2022? Did you want to transfer it to another party or did you want to use it for different events? So please fill that out as fast as you can um, because that obviously impacts what our inventory levels are for the LVO 2022 for general registration. Um, And check your email inbox and your spam folder. And please get that filled out as soon as possible. Most everybody already has. So thank you for that. If you are an Express Pass holder, uh, please also check your email um, and your spam folder and let us know if you want to use one of your credits um, for the Las Vegas Open. To no one's surprise, about you know 98% of the people so far have said yes, they do. Um, a lot of people got the Express Pass just for the LVO. So please, again, fill those out as quickly as you can because, again, that impacts what our actual uh, inventory levels are for the LVO. And then to further complicate it for maximum maximum effort, if um, if you're on the early registration list, you're, we're going to be pinging you um, this week. 99% likely it's going to be tomorrow to uh, let you know, to, to give you the opportunity to get early registration. So keep your eye open for that. And if that wasn't enough, we are switching to a new ticketing system for the LVO 2022. It's going to be infinitely better. You can handle, you can manage your ticket on your own. You don't have to use customer service. When you get to the event, you just um, scan in with a QR code on your phone. Uh, You can transfer your ticket to another party. You don't have to call us. You don't have to, to use customer service. So it's way, it's a much, much better system. But anytime you're switching to new software, it comes with its own set of challenges, and we have to make sure we understand how to use it. We have to educate the team. Um, so registration this year is, is going to be a little a little bit more complex. I'm sure it's going to go fine, but we just want to communicate with everybody what's going on so that everyone understands you know what to expect. Um, and then also we pushed our registration forward a little bit because uh, GW announced that they're opening the registration for all of their events on June 14th for all the GTs and majors that are technically they should be super majors um, that they're going to be running, which are really exciting. And uh, we're actually going to be helping out with those. Um, we've been recruited into that. So we're really excited to help. Um, we didn't know because of COVID, everything's been really strange. So we didn't know, you know, even where their events were going to be. Um, or when registration for them was going to open. And, you know, we, we found out when everybody else did. So we had to react to that a little bit and push push our registration forward so that all those registrations weren't happening at the same time. Um, so, you know, rolling with the punches, that's been the theme of the last uh, year and change. But, um, you know, I just try, I'm just trying to be transparent. I don't want anybody to be concerned. It's going to run fine. Um, it's just, you know, 
a little bit, so we're jumping through a couple extra hoops. Um, so all that aside, it's going to be an amazing event. We're at the Rio this year. If you want to book your room, I put the booking code up on the general event information page and also on the LVO page and also in the show notes. So if you wanted to jump in and um, uh, go ahead and book your room, you can do so now. The Rio is great. The rooms are very reasonably priced. They're all suites. Every single room is a suite. So they're really spacious. Um, the venue is amazing. The actual like event hall is absolutely amazing. So really, really, really excited for everybody to see it. It's so nice. The layout is perfect for what we do. So we're really excited about that. Um, in the chat, so those of you who are uh, watching us on YouTube or listening via um, Spotify or iTunes or whatever, however you consume your podcasts, uh, if you hear me talking to ghosts, they're actually people. And if you want to join in the conversation, you can do so live 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time via Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Just make sure to follow Frontline Gaming. Uh, Cletus 3K, which is a great screen name, um, asks, are there going to be uh, classes at the LVO 22? And I'm assuming he's meaning hobby classes. Uh, yeah, we will have um, hobby classes with Games Workshop, and then we're also going to have some ultra-premium hobby classes this year. We're moving away from the old model, where we had, a, like, you know, 50 different classes. It's just, it was just too complicated. It was too hard for the artists to make any money, and a lot of the times what would happen is that the artists would actually lose money um, coming out. So we, and you know, sometimes they would cancel at the last minute and it was a really big inconvenience for, for us. And it was, you know, inconvenient for the customer. It would make us look bad. We, you know, we would understand why the, you know, the artist is like, oh, I'm going to be out of pocket a grand to come and do this. That doesn't, you know, so it, it's not very professional, but it is understandable. And that happened to us a couple of times. So um, we're, we're, we're shifting to a new type of hobby class. The ticket's going to be um, considerably more expensive, but it's going to be an amazing, amazing experience. Like, you're going to walk away from it with tons of free stuff, airbrushes, premium miniatures, and you're getting an intensive three-day experience with the best artists in the world. So it's a completely different model. We're really excited about it. Um... It's not going to be within uh, everybody's budget. Um, I just want to be super straightforward about that. But it, it guarantees that the artist is going to be able to make some money. And they're excited about it because they, um, they're going to walk away from it having, you know, made some money for the skill set that they have, which is very valuable. And the people going are going to walk away from it with buckets of stuff. Um, and it, it's going to be ultra premium. Like... You're going to be in a private room. It's the, the attendance is going to be much lower. And it's going to be an incredibly, like, informative experience with some absolutely top-notch artists. We're really excited about it. Um, it's, uh, it takes a little bit of courage to try something new like this, but we're really confident that as long as we communicate how amazing the experience is going to be, that people will see the value in it and see that it's... Um, well worth the money. So that's the new um, the new model that we're going towards with the hobby classes. But we should still have all the GW classes, which are going to be more more budget friendly. Um, 
And so hopefully we'll be able to appeal to people that want the ultra premium experience and then people that have, you know, an hour or two hours to kill and, um, and they like to just jump in and paint a model. So the, the hobby, getting the hobby classes to work has been a huge challenge um, financially for, for, the, for the entire time that we've done events. Um, they, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's really challenging to make it work. So we're trying to pivot to this new model and I, I think it's gonna be more appealing um, to people. And, and it, it's absolutely better for the artists. The artists are really excited about it. So we'll see. Uh, we'll have all that information uh, next week on those. We're still, you know, doing the final preparation for it, um, working with a team of artists, and um, they're furiously getting everything ready to go. So that'll be exciting. Uh, in the chat, people are saying hot damn. Sounds exciting. Some people are like, what is the actual price? I don't have that in front of me right now. Um, so, but just bear in mind, it'll be a multi-day, all-day experience, and you're going to walk away from it with some insane, insane swag. Um, and I think, if I remember correctly, too, it's even going to be, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I, if I remember correctly, it's like fully catered, too. It's going to be a, a premium experience. So, excited for that. We'll have more information next week. Uh, sounds fresh. Uh, sounds awesome, says Kyle. And... Uh, Tell them about uh, Starfleet Battles, says Elandro. Yeah, we're going to have a, a ton of new events at the LVO uh, 2022. Starfleet Battles is going to be one of the events that we're excited to host. Um, Wolf Breeze Carl says, do they paint your armies for you? No, that's not the way these things work. But um, I know you're just joking. Uh, Get Fiddle says, you must have a ballpark figure. I don't have it in front of me. and I don't want to speak out of turn. Um, and I don't, I don't want to you know, set anybody's expectations inaccurately but it um i will say it's going to be uh considerably more expensive than because in the past you were paying for individual classes all the cart this is going to be a full weekend experience with just tons of stuff so it's going to be a, like considerably more expensive in the past but it's a totally different it's a totally different um experience and it's going to be super nice uh, we're actually really excited about it so more information to come in the next in the next week there um <laughs> Venom Chosen says, does the class include uh, adult entertainment considering it's Vegas? And he's asking for a friend. Uh, no, I don't, I don't believe so. Um, they might get uh, Frankie to come in and act as a, uh, a model artistically. He's been working out, really excited for that. No, we wouldn't subject anybody to that. Um, so no, but more, more information to come. I'm really excited that everybody in the chat is so excited to learn more about it. Um, do we have any insights on chapter approved points changes? Asks Will, really, really I am. I don't. Um, sorry, I, I was no longer playtesting at that point. And uh, obviously I couldn't, I couldn't say anything even if I was. But um, I can say that the team that worked on it are all expert level players. And uh, I would have full confidence that they're going to give it their best effort to adjust points to be more competitive, whether up or down, usually down. They don't really raise points very frequently because it upsets people. So they try to instead go down um, as a, a design philosophy that they have. And, um, you know, not everybody's going to be pleased with the way the points go. They never are. But 
I have faith that the people that are calling the shots on this are going to be giving it their best effort to make the game as good as possible and make as many units viable as possible by adjusting their points to make them appealing. So hopefully that helps. Uh, but back to the LVO. Uh, the event's at the Rio, end of January. Um, we're opening early registration uh, this week. 99% certain it's going to be tomorrow, um, Thursday, the what is the day? The 27th. For those of you who are on the early registration list, um, for everybody else, it, the registration will open next week. Uh, again, 99% certain it's going to be on, on uh, Thursday of next week, if not Wednesday. So keep your eye open on Frontline Gaming. We just have a couple little details that we're working through because of all the variables I explained at the beginning of the video. Um, so we're trying to give ourselves a little bit of wiggle room to make sure that we do get everything set up perfectly uh, to make registration smooth and easy. But the one thing I do want to say is that because, because so many of the tickets are already accounted for because of the Express Pass and primarily from people moving their registration from the LVO 2021 to 2022, which thank you, it really, really saved our bacon at the time. Um, don't hesitate because literally hundreds of tickets are already accounted for. They're, we're already going to be, you know, a big chunk of the way through registration before it even opens. So the, uh, for example, the 40K champs for the LVO 2021 uh, in 2020 sold out in a day. And that was with all the tickets available. So now we're like 30% down on tickets before we even started. So I really, I would strongly advise that you buy your ticket as soon as possible for the main, for the big events like the 40K champs, because you, know, you never know how it's going to go, but there's a really good possibility that it's going to be sold out very quickly. Um, just like with the Las Vegas team tournament sold out in just a couple of days. So um, one of the people in the chat asked about masks. I don't think so because Las Vegas is already mask free now. Um, so I, I highly doubt that in you know nine months we're going to revert to masks, but we'll be following all the health and, health and safety guidelines that are in place at that time. And remember, the LVO 2022 is in January, at the end of January 2022. So I, I don't think COVID's going to be an issue at that point in time, but I'm not a health and safety expert. Um, if you want to book your room, Kicker put the, the link to the um, rooms in the chat. And of course, you can go and get that done. So not to dwell on it for too long, uh, but I just want to make sure I get as much information out there as possible about the event. Um, we're going to have more events than we've ever had. A host of 30K events, Age of Sigmar, 40K Narrative, 40K Friendly, 40K Champs, which is our flagship. We're going to have the Long War Doubles event. We're going to have one day 40K events. We're going to have Marvel Crisis Protocol, War Machine and Hordes, uh, Bolt Action, Flames of War, Team Yankee, uh, Warhammer Underworlds, a huge Kill Team event. I believe it's one of the biggest, if not the biggest, Kill Team events in the world run by uh, awesome Mr. Sheldon. We have really, really big Star Wars Legion, X-Wing, Star Wars Armada events, some of the biggest in the country. Really excited about that. We're going to have demo games going on, huge vendor hall, and we're just really excited. Uh, the LVO 2022 is going to be the biggest one we've ever had. 
by quite a bit, and we're just really excited. So more information to come, and I will post um, uh, details as we get there, but plan on grabbing your ticket next week. Um, it should be on Wednesday. At the latest, it'll be on Thursday. Um, that is go time for the OVO, and I apologize that it's not more precise, but we had a couple X factors pop up at the last minute that threw our um, it forced us to move our timetable forward by a bit. So we're we're hustling. Can't wait to see everybody. That's that's going to be the best part about it. Uh, GW announced chapter approved uh, coming out for 40k. We already kind of touched on it, but uh, they did a little bit of an expose on the updated missions. You can see that at the Warhammer community page. Some of the uh, top competitive players out there gave their commentary on what they thought about the new chapter approved missions. They sound like they're an improvement. The current ones are really good. They do have uh, some limitations. Like I think they overemphasize killing stuff personally, but that's just my opinion. I'd like to see a little bit more emphasis on holding... Um, or I'm sorry, I said that backwards. They overemphasize holding objectives. I'd like to see a little bit more emphasis on killing stuff personally, but I think the missions are great, and I'm sure they're only going to improve um, with this iteration, so we're really excited for this. Uh, in the chat, grabbing tickets ASAP, says Wolf Priest Carl. Yep, I, I highly recommend you do, especially if you want to play in any of the main events at the LVO. Um, you know, we had a 1,000-person 40K champs event sell out in a day, and now we have less t- tickets out the gate, so... Um, we'll see how that goes. All his dusts uh, for the ones that carried over from last year. Uh, so all his dust. If you filled out the form to move your 21 LVO 2021 20, tickets to 2022, check your email inbox. We sent out the form yesterday asking what you wanted to do. Check your spam folder as well, and fill that out, and it'll inform us what you want to do with your tickets. And if you could do that, the sooner the better, because then it, it, it influences how much inventory we have um, to sell for, for to everybody else. Um, well, <laughs> Wolf Priest Carl, so Frankie will be doing nude poses for artists. Eh, you know, everybody has a price. Um, the real question is, how much would you pay not to have Frankie pose nude for art? Uh <laughs> Swaggius says this stream feels like uh, Reese's Matthew McConaughey in Interstellar waiting for the breakdown crying segment. I'm not far from it. <laughs> I'm always this close to breaking down and crying. Just kidding. Maybe. <laughs> uh, Bobby, is the 40K champs comparable in price to the ACO uh, for the ticket? Uh, yeah, it's the exact same price. Um, but then don't forget we have a con match for the LVO. So the total total cost is more. Obviously, you're getting way more. The LVO is, is an incredible experience for everybody who hasn't been there. Just the, the spectacle of it is amazing. Uh, so the, the ticket price for the event is the same, but then there's the, also the con, con badge, which you have to have to come into the event. So just bear that in mind. Uh, I think demands for tickets will be higher this year than in the past, says Seth. I think so, too. You know, um, the Atlantic City Open is, is big. There's well over 300 people for the 40K champs, and we're just coming out of the plague. So if that's any indicator of what you expect, I think the LVO is going to blow up. And again, like, a lot of the tickets are already accounted for. Um, and I know a lot of Europeans and, and people from the U.K. are planning on coming, and they've been in, you know, a stricter lockdown than we have for a longer period of time uh, here in the USA. So 
really excited um, to see everybody. I think it's going to sell out quickly, but you never know. You know, registration is always a bit of a, a crap shot. Uh, can't wait to see everybody, says Lou Rollins. Yeah, I can't wait to see all of you. Uh, let's see. Uh, Gen Con is only going to be bigger and better this year, says Kicker. Oh, in the con. Yeah, it is indeed. Um, and then, yeah, we have a couple people asking about New Orleans Open, which is going to be in December. Um, obviously, New Orleans, it's right in, like, the heart of New Orleans as well. The location's primo. So we'll be open registration for that event in August of this year. So we got a little time. All right, in other news, uh, Sisters of Battle are getting two new hymns, The Catechism of Repugnance and The Chorus of Spiritual Fortitude. There's been a mixed reception online as to how effective they're going to be. Generally, it's kind of been meh. Some people have found some combos they think that are going to make them very effective. Don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Sisters of Battle, though, are performing really well competitively. They don't really need any help, per se, but new rules is always fun. And hopefully these add a little bit of spice to the spice cabinet <laughs> of Sisters of Battle players. That was uh, my best uh, alley, uh, metaphor yet. Can't get better than that. Or I guess that was a not a metaphor and analogy. Uh, I think I said that wrong. That's okay. In other news, uh, Warhammer Age of Sigmar Broken Realms and, of course, the new edition of Age of Sigmar is coming out, we think, this summer. Not exactly sure. Uh, Games Workshop has been revealing information, but it's been sort of, like, a little lackluster. It's been more about the lore and, like, the state of the world of Age of Sigmar leading up to the release of the new edition. So a lot of the players that I've seen online have been sort of complaining a little bit, but when do they not? Um, all gamers complain, including me, from time to time. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see to get more rules. I'm really curious to see what they do with the new edition. Um, I would love to see them get rid of the double turn, although it's highly unlikely to occur. Um, I think that's the main thing that holds that game back from being more popular. But, you know, a lot of the diehard Age of Sigmar players love it. So, yeah, to each their own. And uh, we'll see. Can't wait to get more information. But they are showing off some of the astounding models. Like Kragnos, stupid awesome. The new Croak for Lizardman or Seraphon, just ludicrously good model. And the list goes on and on. The, the Age of Sigmar models are the best in the world, in my opinion. They're, they're, they're phenomenal. Um, so can't wait to see that and learn more about what the third edition of Age of Sigmar is going to bring us. Um, have to wait and see. Cadian Ranger, hey buddy, how's everything in Alemania? Hope you're doing well. Um, yeah, Elandrol says they're pretty sure they're already saying that the double turn is staying in Age of Sigmar. <laughs> Boo! I think the game would just be more fun without the double turn. I think beyond that too, because you know how fun something is is subjective. I think more people would play the game, which is you know really important for. Um, for the health and growth of any game, because the number one thing I ever see anybody say about why they don't like Age of Sigmar is the double turn. Um, Alex Gonzalez in the chat is saying there's a ton of leaks out there, and they're going to adopt some 40k rules for Age of Sigmar uh, rather than the other way around. That's interesting. For those who don't know, Alex is the host of a really popular Age of Sigmar podcast and um, a really good Age of Sigmar player as well, so it's good to get his opinion. Tyler in the chat says, um, 
if tickets from the LVO push over, do we need to register again or is that done already with the questionnaire? Great question. Thank you for answering that or asking that. Excuse me. Let me answer it. So um, Tyler was asking if he moved his tickets from the LVO 2021 to 2022. Is he good to go if he filled out that form? And the answer is it depends on what uh, your answer was in the question. If in the questionnaire you said, I want to use the exact same tickets from 2021 and 2022, you're good to go. Don't worry about it. Just be patient because it's a manual process. We have to go in, manually register every single person and the tickets that they got from 2021 into 2022 into the new software, the new ticketing software that we're using. So it's going to be a pain in the ass. Just bear with us. But you're good to go. As long as you filled out that questionnaire, you're, you're safe. We'll reserve tickets for you. It just might take us a while to confirm with you that um, and send out the ticket and give you your bar, your uh, QR code and all that sort of stuff. So just bear with us because it's a manual process and there's there's hundreds of people to get through. So um, you you are good. It just might take a while. And um, if events sell out before you hear back from us, don't freak out. You're you're going to be taken care of no matter what. We'll probably just send out a confirmation email to everybody. Just letting them know, like, hey, like, this is the next steps. You're safe. Don't sweat it. We're, we're going to get you your ticket. So for those of you, which is a very small, thankfully, a very small amount, that are going to transfer their ticket to somebody else, or gonna, they want to use their tickets from 2021 for different events in 2022, it's even more complicated. But thankfully, there's barely anybody doing it, so it, should, it shouldn't take too long to get through those. And um, that, again, will be a manual process. We'll email you, and you'll communicate with a customer service agent, and they'll get you squared away for your tickets for uh, 2022. Hopefully we never have to do this again because this is such a pain in the ass. <laughs> and we're, again, we're so thankful that everybody let us keep the ticket money because um, we really needed it at the time. Um, but now it's, you know, it's a customer service <coughs> challenge to, to sort all that out, but we will get it done. Uh, Shane O'Mac in the chat says he doesn't like the double turn either. Um, and he said if they dubbed the double turn, he'd, he'd jump over. I think a lot of people feel that way. The models are so dope. The lore is getting better. The lore was terrible. I didn't even understand what was going on in Age of Sigmar. And now they're really starting to flesh it out. There's more of a, it's more of a story. It, you know, it's more interesting. I still don't like the scenario where it's like nothing matters, right? Like, I don't like lore where the, your actions don't matter. It's like, you know, chaos ruled for 4,000 years and then order is ruling and Stormcast Eternals never die, and it's like, all right, so nothing matters, really? It takes away some of the dramatic tension. It's like why I stopped reading Marvel comics. I'm like, nothing matters. Like, no no one stays dead, and, and it takes away the dramatic tension. It's why a lot of these independent comics are gaining so much popularity, like Invincible and The Boys, and um, why a lot of manga are popular is because they have a beginning and an end, and everything that happens matters in the story. Um, I understand from a business perspective why you want this eternal state of, you know, combat or battle or whatever. Like in 40K, it's always, you know, a minute to midnight. I get that. But from a story perspective, it makes it kind of, it's just, it makes the story feel like it doesn't matter what at all. Let's see. Jumping forward. Uh, Brian Blessed as GoTrek is a big plus for the lore too. Says Bill KB, thank you. I don't fully understand what that means, but I'm going to just go with it. Uh, Henry Rollins is in the chat. Henry Rollins, longtime fan. Loved your work in Black Flag. Your solo work was great, too. <laughs> I'm very funny. Uh, it says, good evening. Where can I find out more information? Oh, 
Um, that is a, a private matter, but uh, suffice it to say, um, I'm, I've commented enough on that. I should have read your question before reading it. Um, that's uh, that's not something that we're going to... Uh, we made a public statement about Pablo, and, and that's all we're going to say about it for the time being. Um, is the London GT still happening? Tivo Haggle Slag? Um, I believe so. Uh, we're not affiliated with the London GT. The crew that runs it are our friends, and we do we help them out where we can. But um, I couldn't speak to any administrative decisions that they are or are not making. Um, I would look to their website to get answers on that or hit up Zach, and I'm sure he can answer it for you. Alrighty. So... For this week's pre-order, we have some amazing stuff coming out. Make sure to jump over to the uh, FOG webcart, store.frontlinegaming.org, Saturday morning around 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, we've been getting really, really, really strict allocations, sometimes one of things, which it's like, why even bother at that point? But uh, make sure to jump in and grab anything you want to get. There's a ton of exciting releases coming out this week. A lot of them I've already talked about. So you want to make sure to jump in there and um, grab them as soon as you can if you want them because, you know, these allocations have been brutal. I'm sure GW is doing everything they can to fix it, but it's been savage for independent retailers. They're just not making a lot of money on GW product right now. And it's frustrating for the consumer as well. Um, but negative thoughts aside, jump in there, grab it as soon as you can. Hopefully you can get what you're trying to find. I haven't gotten any new releases for months, you know, just because it's we're, we're putting our customers first and we're trying to give you all the opportunity to get what you're looking for. Um, before we get anything. So it's frustrating for us, too. <clears throat> Henry Rollins coming in with the I Am In Fact A Liar, No Worries. One of one of my favorite songs from Henry Rollins. He, he's such an intriguing guy. I, he's one of my favorite celebrities. I'm not a celebrity person, but Henry Rollins is pretty incredible. Uh, Bill clarifies a statement. Brian Blessed, the actor, Hawkman, the Hawkman King from Flash Gordon. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, Hawkman, dive! That's amazing. He's the voice for Gotrek in the audio dramas in Warhammer Total War. I did not know that. That is amazing. He is uh, indeed an incredible actor. Can't wait to order your Age of Sigmar Vampire Army. Um, says Wolf Priest Carl. Yeah, well, good luck. <laughs> if you can get the models, wish you success with that because they're brilliant. Uh, Willie, really am? Uh, yes, you can cut the mats. Um, obviously, uh, from a business, as a businessman, I say we, we don't recommend cutting the mats. As a you know, gamer to gamer, as person to person, we, we do cut the mats. Um, it can damage the mat, I have to say that. But um, if you use really sharp scissors and a straight edge, we, it, we, we've done it plenty of times and it works. Um, if the, the only downside to it that we've ever seen with the mats is that um, sometimes when you cut them, the top layer can separate from the rubber. Um, and that's why we officially don't recommend people do it. Um, but uh, rubber cement will, re will, will work as a great adhesive to make the, the uh, polyester layer re-adhere to the rubber layer. Um, we've used that. Uh, of course, don't officially recommend it, blah, blah, blah. But we've done it, and it's, it's worked for us. So, uh, Or fabric glue, says Lou. Um, in the uh, in the chat that that can work too. Wolf Priest Carl gives a really good 
uh, piece of feedback said, don't eat the mats. I have to agree with him. Not the best idea. Uh, for the Atlantic City Open, which is coming up in just a few weeks now, we're almost there, really excited to see everybody. Uh, we decided to run a promo to give two lucky attendees a free limo ride from the airport to the event. So you get to ride in style. And the winners of that contest are, excuse me, <clears throat> Benjamin Millerberg and Seth Oster. Again, that's Benjamin Millerberg and Seth Oster. If that's you and you're going to the Atlantic City Open and you entered the contest, please reach out to Kicker Kolosny at FrontlineGamingEvents at gmail.com. We need to get him an official email. <laughs> and uh, we'll get you all set up to go ride in the G-Wagon to the event. Pretty cool little contest. That was all Kicker's idea. And um, that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we had a couple other questions in the chat. Let's see if I can see them. Uh, KR Quinn says, Is the Atlantic City Open FAC being used for all FLG events or just the Atlantic City Open? So that's a really good question. The Atlantic City Open FAQ was a uh, short-term solution to a pressing need that we had. So um, our staff went from no events for over a year to full steam in just a couple weeks. And because of COVID, we didn't know when or if we were going to be able to run an event. So all of a sudden we went from, you know, in a sedentary mode to full speed. And people started asking a bunch of rules questions that we just weren't prepared to answer because normally we keep the FAQ going all the time, right? And then all of a sudden we were like, oh, shoot, we need to be able to answer these questions so people can come to the event. And we asked the TO, Brian, um, who's an all-star, and we were like, hey, Brian, I was like, do you guys have an FAQ that we could use for this event? As we're so busy, like, getting everything back up to speed, training the new events manager, getting, you know, the ITC staff, getting everybody up and running again. And then the logistics of taking an event across the country is very challenging also. Um, we were so busy that we were like, hey, Brian, can you help us? And he said, yeah, which is amazing of him. We're super thankful. And so his FAQ that he's been using there uh, is heavily influenced by the WTC. Um, so thank you to all the awesome dudes, Neil, Tom, all the awesome people at the WTC who inadvertently helped out with that FAQ. And we wanted Brian and his staff to have an FAQ that they were familiar with. And so they went with what they had. And that's why we're using that FAQ for that event. It's only for that event. It's not for every other event. Uh, if anybody else wants to use it, they're free to do so. It's, um, um, we, there is no ITC FAQ anymore. GW asked us, um, uh, asked us not to because they have an official FAQ, and that makes total sense. Uh, but we do have uh, event FAQs. So kind of a long answer to a short question, but I wanted to be transparent and explain why, um, why we were doing that. So, yeah, that, that event, that FAQ is only for that event going forward the ITC administration staff will have event-specific FAQs. They just did not have time to do it for the Atlantic City Open. So big thanks again to Brian, the Du Bois crew, and the, the WTC for helping us out with that because we, we were in kind of a bind. And we need you know, community coming together. We're really appreciative that we got that. All right, let's see. Let's see if I can answer some of these other questions. 
Uh, Shane O'Max says, get a custom uh, border made for the mat. Don't cut your money up. Yeah, we do sell um, uh, borders that turn a 4x6 into a 44x60. Um, they're reasonably priced. If you wanted to get one of those to make your mat either a 4x6 or a 44x60, that works really well. But if for whatever reason you just want it to be at the smaller size, yeah, um, you, you, you can cut them. But, you know, buyer beware. It, it can mess the mat up. It just it usually doesn't. Uh, Sorry, as I'm trying to read some more of these questions here. Bear with me. Uh, William, or Willie, really, I really am. I've said your name wrong every single time. I apologize. Uh, I'm running my ninth GT in Scotland, the Scottish Takeover number nine, uh, because of COVID. Um, I've had many different opinions about the terrain, about terrain size for tables. Um, some saying too much, some saying not enough. Yeah. Terrain's been a hot topic. We're working through that ourselves right now, too, so I feel your pain, Willie. Um, the one, if, I, if I had a magic wand, I would make I would have GW not change terrain rules so much from addition to addition. From 5th to now, a table a set of terrain that we're good in 5th edition is almost worthless now. And that's – I understand that they're trying to make the terrain rules work and, and, and make them good, but it, it, it makes being a TO – even harder than it is. And managing terrain is already the hardest part of being a TO. So what we're, what we're doing right now is we're trying to go in and label all of our terrain um, that uh, gives people like suggestions on what keywords to use. And don't be afraid to house rule it, right? It's unreasonable for your players to expect you to change all your terrain just because the addition has changed the way terrain rules work. It's not fair, it's not reasonable. It's too expensive, it takes too much time, it's too hard. So you change the rules to accommodate the terrain that you have and don't feel bad about it for one second. Because when 10th edition rolls around and the terrain rules change again, if you did, if you put up, you know, 200 hours of work into making your terrain work for 9th and then you only got to use it for a couple years, that was a waste. And then if everybody expects you to go in and change it again to, to accommodate 10th edition, it's stupid, it's unreasonable, it's it, just don't, 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 don't worry about it. Don't 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 go down that road because it's a it's a losing game. It's one that'll make you lose lose your mind trying to keep up with it. So how just come up with some house rules. Assign good keywords to your terrain, even if it's not conventional. As long as you communicate it clearly to your um, attendees, letting them know, hey, we use these keywords for our events in advance, so that you know what to expect. Put up a diagram. You know, do everything you can. Um, do your due diligence to communicate it. But don't feel bad um, because it's impossible for TOs to keep up with the changing terrain rules. It just is. It's, just, it's, not, it's not reasonable to expect, especially when you have a big event like us. I'm like, well, I'm going to go in and change the terrain for a thousand tables. Like, yeah, right. It's taken me 10 years to get to this point. This is not going to happen. Um, and his name's Will. All right, my bad. I read your screen name wrong. Um, so let me make sure I answered your question correctly. The main issue I have is with uh, the obscure rule for buildings. Uh, the buildings also count their line of sight um, as it is for models. Uh, the issue being all the nice terrain has doors and windows. Yeah, exactly. So in that instance, Will, what I would suggest, because the instant you touch a piece of terrain that's really big, that has windows, like, I don't know, GW's own terrain that, that they want you to use that does not work very well with their own terrain rules, um, just come up with your own tag. Just come up with your own tag, like, hey, for our event, this this ruin, 
the, the doors and windows, you can't see through them, right? Easy peasy. Now people don't expect you to go in and board up every window, which is insane. And if like, if you have literally thousands of pieces of terrain like we do, it's not realistic, right? Like I would need a team of guys working 40 hours a week for months to do that. You know, that, that, and it's, it's, it's insane. Whenever people say that, I always just kind of chuckle to myself. I'm like, that, that's coming from someone who has like one or two sets of terrain at home that they would play with. And they're like, oh, it's no big deal. And I'm like, yeah, multiply that times 10,000. And then let's see, let's see how you want to do it at that point. Um, it's way easier just to come up with a keyword that works for you than to try and change your terrain to accommodate um, the current terrain scenario, which is going to change when the new edition comes out almost inevitably. It's changed every single time, and the new edition's probably, you know, you'd only get advantage of it. It would take you months to do it, and then you'd only get a year, year and a half to take advantage of it. It doesn't make sense. All right. Hopefully that answered your question well. I talked a lot, so hopefully there was something useful in there. All right, Garrett Ariaga. Hey, Reese, don't remember me, but I used to play at the shop when it was in Martinez. I'm thinking about getting back into 40K. Any tips for getting into the game? I stopped during 6th edition. What up, dude? I do remember you. That was the old, old, old days. That was the when Frontline Gaming was an acorn. <laughs> um, yeah, so jumping back in, 6th edition was a good time to quit. That was the shittiest edition ever. Excuse my French. Uh, right now, jumping in the game, despite what you know the belly aching says, uh, the game's actually pretty, pretty damn good right now. Um, I would recommend picking an army that you like. Uh, personally, I've been struggling to make vehicle-heavy armies work if they don't have some kind of a shtick. Uh, you can. Uh, it's definitely slanted a little bit towards uh, infantry, unless you're playing like Drukari, where the vehicles are really fast and um, durable. And that, in that instance, they can work and they're cheap. Um, right now, you, you honestly can pick an army that you like aesthetically and, and go from there. So I, I would lean towards an army that has a current codex that will certainly make your life easier. Um, and all the feedback I've been getting is that the new ad book is that new ad mech book is probably the most complicated book they've seen ever, and so maybe steer away from that because it is probably going to be a little bit more challenging to play. Um, ah, for a, a beginner army, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the easy card out of my hat. Deathwing, if you can get the models, is dead easy. Not that many models, easy to paint, easy to play, and it's really good. That'd be my suggestion for a beginner army. Um, in, in this edition. Uh, Alandril says 9th edition is amazing for uh, casual play with Crusade. Yeah, totally is. To totally, totally is. 9th edition is a great, it's a great edition, honestly. There's always something to complain about, but generally speaking, it's a wonderful edition. It's really good. All right. Let's move on. I have uh, I've had a lot to say today for some reason. Uh, all right, take a look at the ITC. And take a look at what were the top four armies in the last weekend. So there's tons of events. The scene is fully coming back to life. And uh, let's take a look at the top four. So Space Marines were the big winner chicken dinner. They had the most wins in the last week. A lot of the pundits on the internet will tell you Space Marines suck. Ugh, Space Marines can't do anything. Ugh. That's my impersonation of the average internet 40k uh, uh, talking head. I'm just kidding. They don't all sound like that. It's just the way, it's the way it sounds in my mind. I've been listening to people complain about the game for just too long. It's turned my brain into mush. Uh, but Space Marines won the most event. They took the most podiums, spots, which is um, really cool. The book, uh, the, old, the old gals got some gas. Still some got some miles on the tires. Ultramarines uh, took a first. White Scar is third. Salamander's third. 
it's great. A lot of diversity, even within Space Marines. It's not just Iron Hands or whatever. Uh, we had Orcs take a second place finish. Drukhari took a third, fourth, and a fourth place finish. They really, they're still doing extremely well, but they really have seemed to have uh, kind of tapered down a bit after that initial, like, holy crap, when they came out the gates just knocking everybody on their butt. And a lot of the uh, commentary I've seen online is that people believe that the new uh, GT mission pack is going to make Drukhari not as good also due to some changes to the way vehicles are going to interact with the missions. So keep your eye open. Keep your eye out for that. Um, Space Wolves took a surprising first place finish. They're widely considered to be one of the weaker armies in the game. And they took a first place finish at the Salty Alliance GT. I think I said that correctly. Uh, Death Guard took two second place finishes. A lot of people talk talk down on Death Guard, but they keep getting podium spots. You know, even after Codexes keep coming out, they're durable and they can hit hard. Thousand Sons took a third place. Uh, Sisters of Battle took a fourth. Eldari, Mixed Eldari, which was Sean Naden, uh, again, which was Jukari and uh, Yanari, if I remember correctly. Got a first. Admech got a fourth. Custodes got a first. Custodes, baby. The entire edition, they have been hanging in there, getting on the podium. So they still got what it takes, even though they're really starting to show their, their rules are starting to, to, to lag behind, in my opinion. But they still, still keep getting it done. And then uh, Dark Angels got a second place finish. So that's that's really impressive i mean tons of diversity tons of diversity on the podium in uh, in ninth edition so that bodes really well for the game i think that that should be very encouraging to people that see that all right competitive track 40k top five sean naden moves into first place he's been on a tear lately he's won a couple of gts uh, we got colin mcdade moves into second james kelling in third mark ashed in fourth and Woo! Captain of Team Zero Cop, my man, Junior Aflihi, in fifth. Good to see, good to see one of one of ours getting up there in the rankings. Cause it's sure not me. <laughs> Frankie's been doing pretty well though, so we might see him rise up in there. Uh, 40k Hobby Track top five current. We got Rick Hill in first, JT Steiger in second, Marshall Peterson in third, Nicholas Winker in fourth, and Lee Harris in fifth. Uh, Age of Sigmar, competitive track, current, top five. We've got Ramon Silva in first, Matt Abbott in, in second, Anthony Triptinelli in third, Gabriel uh, Pacheco in fourth, Noah Aquino in fifth. Hobby track, Brendan Dominguez, Matt Abbott, Noah Aquino, Nick Garcia, and Pablo Barca all tied for first. We need to get some more Age of Sigmar hobby track events out there, which makes sense because their armies are usually better painted anyway, so get some recognition for it. Uh, Warhammer Underworlds, the events, that scene is looking like it's just coming back to life. Ivan Cho in first, Raymond Chang in second, Samuel Varghese in third, Craig Rose in fourth. Current kill team, top five, we got Fernando Marcos in first, uh, Mikhail Yago, I think I said that correctly, in second, Alvaro Lorenzo in third, Saul Perez Nunez in fourth, and Daniel Marcos in fifth. Congratulations. Check out the FLG Paint Studio for all your painting needs. If you're watching me live and not seeing anything, but if you are going to be watching this on YouTube, you'll be seeing pictures of some beautiful models painted by the FLG Paint Studio. All right, we'll jump in and answer some more questions before we wrap it up. We're running a little long today, but there was a lot of information to get out. Uh, when are we looking? When are we looking for, for the? Okay, Rum Runner says when we looking for the team event to be finalized. I think that's English. I'm going to guess maybe it might have been pirate speak. We'll figure that one out as we go. And his name is Rum Runner. But uh, jokes aside, 
I think what you're asking is that when are we going to have the teams finalized? Um, we're, we're not going to have people submit their team roster until way closer to the event. Um, teams and team events, in my experience, have a way of, of changing a lot as people can and can't make it. So we're, we're going to have people turn in their team roster and their lists, you know, much closer to the event. The event's in it's September, late September. So plenty of time. Don't worry about that. All right. Um, K.R. Quinn is saying Naden winning before the Codex came out. Don't know what you mean by that. He was playing two books that have uh, armies that the Codex have been out for a while, so I'm not, not sure what that comment means. All right. K.R. Quinn. Everybody's just kind of chatting in there. Um, James Carmona says, dude, my hair is looking sweet. Oh, thanks. Thanks, baby. You're looking good too, buddy. James, also uh, say hello to your daughter. Hope she's doing good. And your wife. I'm looking like Fabio. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, my, my hair is this is the longest my hair has ever been in my life. I don't really know what to do with it. Like, should I cut it? Should I let it go? I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, Dan Timbler. Uh, just tuned in and uh, I thought we finally got Frontline Gaming After Dark. Well, sorry to disappoint you. Uh, the OnlyFans, we're reserving that in case things get really bad. And then, you know, Freaky and I will do whatever we have to do to keep keep Frontline Gaming afloat. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the show. Sorry I, I rambled so much, but there was a lot to go over. Uh, have a great weekend. Again, if you are uh, in any way associated with early registration for the LVO, look to see that uh, probably tomorrow, um, almost assuredly tomorrow, and that's Express Pass holders, early reg and people that um, transferred their ticket from 2021 to 2022. For general registration for the LVO, it's going to be opening up. We're shooting for Wednesday at the very latest. It'll be Thursday of next week. Um, that will be either June 1st, 2nd or 3rd, uh, if, my, if I'm correct in my mental math. So um, thank you for bearing with us in what has been a turbulent year. Can't wait to get back to normal. Have a great week, everybody. Happy gaming. We'll talk to you next Wednesday.